My name is Brian Kinsey, and I'm the pastor of First Pentecostal Church in Pensacola. I'm delighted that you're listening to this message, and I hope it blesses your life. If you'd like to submit a prayer request, or if you're interested in a personal Bible study, you can call us at 850-477-1100, or send us an email at firstpent at firstpent.org. We hope you enjoy this. I need that voice in my life. How many of you need the voice of God in your life? Now, a lot of times we only think of the presence of God as a feeling or an emotion, but really it isn't. It's a voice. And that voice speaks and declares not just what is our destiny and our purpose, it does, but also how we can change into his image and what we need to work on and what we need to improve on and how we can be more pleasing in his sight. Do you still want the voice to speak in your life? God bless you, you may be seated. In the mid-1800s, trains became the preferred mode of long-distance travel. They were the fastest way to travel and perhaps the safest way to travel, especially from the east to the west coast after the Intercontinental Railroad was set in place. Preachers were permitted in some cases to travel for free or at reduced rates provided that they were en route to preach somewhere. They could prove they were preaching somewhere. They were allowed to travel on those trains. So it comes as no surprise that preachers had church on the train. And there were many people that heard the message as the preachers traveled on the train. And these preachers, they would sing and they would preach. And of course, trains then became a a focus of their messages and their songs. Songs like, give me a ticket to heaven. And the gospel train, Zion train, I hear my train a-coming. Funeral train a-coming. This train is bound for glory. This train. And so some of you who are of a certain age group perhaps remember some of these 
songs. The train became a metaphor for all sorts of things, heaven, hell, death, moving the gospel, and so forth, and it was preached about and sung about often. Perhaps the most famous message that was preached about trains was preached by a man by the name of A.W. Nix. During A.W. Nix's lifetime in the 1920s, a high-speed passenger train traveled through Lehigh Valley, Pennsylvania. It was called the Black Diamond Express. And he preached a message on the midnight train to hell. And our, our text today will be a turn of a phrase from his text. And I want to preach to you and present to you this morning the hellbound train. Our ministry is not built in just trying to gain and keep a crowd. We're not just here to fill the building. I do believe that a parable of Jesus has taught us a kingdom principle that God wants his house to be filled. So he wants a full house. You can build it. I believe that he wants to fill it. And I believe that that is a principle of the kingdom as taught by Jesus Christ. But you see, I am here not just to get you in the building. I'm here to get you to heaven. And this long train to hell grows ever longer and more wicked. And I believe that we need to visit this train to hell. Not so that you will book passage, but so you will cancel your reservation. I don't want you to stay on the train. I want you to stay away from it. But you got to live right. You can't just die and say, I'm going to be saved. You can't just say, I'm a good person and I'm going to be saved. You got to go to the word of God and find out, are you living right? I don't know if you're living right, and I'm not going to follow you around to find out if you're living right. That is something that you are responsible for. It is my job to preach it, and it is your job to live it. So I take you to Galatians chapter 5 and verse 16. We'll find out whether or not you're living it. And so here it is. It just, it just says it. I mean, I'm going to read it to you. I don't even have to make any commentary on it. Just the, the, the words themselves will tell you what you need to do. This I say then, walk in the Spirit. So I ask you the question, are you walking in the Spirit? You shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. For the flesh lusts against the spirit and the spirit against the flesh. Guess what? They're contrary one to another. They're always in combat. That's why you feel like you're always in a war. You didn't know what that war was. It's between your flesh and the spirit. Well, the devil's bothering me. Well, most cases what you're saying there is your flesh is bothering you. Because the devil feeds on your flesh. Mm. That's what empowers him is your flesh. And you got to get your flesh under control so that you cannot do the things that you would. 
As a matter of fact, the battle can rage so strongly in you that you can't even do what's right even though you know what's right to do because you've given in so many times. But if you're led by the Spirit, you're not under the law. Now the works of the flesh are manifest. So let me just list them out here so you, in case you don't know what the flesh is. Adultery, fornication, uncleanness, lasciviousness, idolatry, witchcraft, hatred, variance, emulations, wrath, strife, seditions, heresies, envyings, murders, drunkenness, revelings, and such like, of the which I tell you before, as I've told you in time past, that they which do such things. Listen to me. If you're doing these things, you will not inherit the kingdom of God. I want to say that one more time because a lot of people don't get that. They think that they're going to slide. They think that their bitterness or their offense is going to give them an excuse, but it's not true. If you do these things, you will not inherit the kingdom of God, but the fruit of the Spirit. Now, here's how you live for God right. That's the wrong way to do it. Here's the right way to do it. But the fruit of the Spirit is love. Joy, where's your joy this morning? Peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance. Against such there is no law. I don't care if you go to a communist country. I don't care if you go to a Muslim country. There are no laws on any books of any country, regardless of what kind of government controls that country, that is against the things I just listed. There is no law against these things. They that are Christ have crucified the flesh with the affections and the lust. And if we live in the spirit, we are going to walk in the spirit. Church, I don't know if you recognize it, but it's midnight and the clock is winding down and time is running out and hell is busy boarding her train. Sin has always been the engineer. Pleasure has always remained in the headlights and the focus and the devil has been the conductor and brimstone still drives its engines. And the bell rings, church, hellbound, hellbound, all aboard for hell. And the first stop that we're going to make, because you need to know where it stops. You need to know where it will call to you and beckon you to get on. And they call it hate crossing. All the people who refuse to forgive. All the people who are still holding grudges and making excuses because somebody did you wrong. All of those axes that you're still grinding and all those pet peeves and you, you refuse to say I'm sorry or you refuse to forgive those that hurt you and they're all lining up and they've all been wrong and they've all got a reason to feel that way and my reason is better than everybody else's reason and it's not. And all are facing eternity because of an unforgiving spirit. It is the number one reason why Pentecostals will go to hell. Just because you're a Pentecostal doesn't mean you're not on board this train. 
Well, I've been in the church. Don't care how long you've been in the church. If you're operating in an unforgiving spirit, you're on board the wrong train. They're all angry for the way they've been treated. They're all mad at the people who they feel have gotten scot-free. They all want to give somebody a piece of their mind. They all want to know whether or not that person's on this train. Not realizing they're on the same train. Oh, I want, I'm looking for that person because I'm sure because of what they did, they're going to hell. And while you're looking for them, you don't even realize you're on the same train. Headed in the wrong direction. So they get on board hell's midnight train. This train is filled with hate. It's filled with murderers and torturers and persecutors. Come on board. Got plenty of those kind of people here. Say, well, I can't go to church with hypocrites. Well, you're going to go to hell with them, so you might as well come on to church with them and see if you can't miss it. Is this something I said? As long as I've been in the church, there's been a hypocrite in the church. That's not an excuse for you to backslide, and that's not an excuse for you to be lukewarm. That's a lie from the pits of hell. All these hateful people facing eternity on the hell-bound train. Next stop are Mocker's Depot. Got a lot of mocking people. Pentecostals mocking people because they worship and they live holy and they do what's right. All these mockers and scoffers have got to get on board. Got a lot of people down here. Got a lot of carnal people waiting at this station. Got some folks who make fun of godliness and righteousness. All of the righteous preaching and preaching on judgment and preaching on hell. People are making fun of it right now in pulpits all over America. Preachers waiting at the station. Got some smart preachers who mock the notion of a devil's hell. Got even smarter preachers that say there is no heaven. Preachers who make fun of hell and make fun of preachers who preach on hell because they don't believe in it anymore. They've ridiculed judgment. All they want to talk about is prosperity and all they want to talk about is contentment in this world. Preachers who can't remember the last time a sinner felt conviction in their audience. I see them standing there at Mocker's Depot so let these preachers come on first because they've got blood on their hands because everybody they're preaching to, they're deceiving. And they're lying to the people they're preaching to. You might as well let them on because they're headed in the wrong direction. No standards here on this train. And we got Pentecostal people mocking standards, living, coming to church looking one way and then living another way in the world. Everything is loud. Come on board this train. Come on. All aboard for hell. The mockers train. I refuse to mock people who worship even if they worship a little funny. 
even if they haven't settled down and become lukewarm and carnal like you. But let them worship and let them shout and let them praise God. Well, they came to church every service this week. I believe that's the way it ought to be. If you're able to be in church, you ought to be in church. And you ought to be on fire when you come to church. And you ought not just sit around with your teeth in your mouth waiting for somebody to crack a, a firecracker at you and say, oh boy, we got church tonight. We feel the power of God. You ought to preach like that all the time. No, you ought to get off your duff and worship like that all the time. Oh, you ought to get on up and say, I'm going to worship God. Quit waiting on somebody to do something for you. Jesus died on the cross. He was buried in a borrowed tomb. He rose again on the third day. Ain't nobody ought to do nothing for you. Next stop, excuse haven. People lined up with excuses going to hell platform is full of people of why they shouldn't go to hell. <laughs> they talk about it, of why they can't do this and they can't do that. Look at the long lists hanging from their hands. Heard all of them before. I've seen people that had more excuses than that that did more for God with all of those excuses and everything else and still did more for God because they were committed to a cause. Mm. Some people say, well, we were made this way. No, you weren't. You want to be this way. They can't help the way they are. They have a sickness. They have a weakness. People were mean to them. Christians talk bad about them. As long as I've been in the church, Pentecostal people have talked bad about me. And I thought when I got to be a preacher that it would change, and it didn't change one bit. It got worse. And, and the, you would think that the older you get, the easier it gets. It don't. The older you get and the higher you go, the more people see your backside. <laughs> Amen. That's right. It don't get any easier. Leadership is not easy. I want to be a leader. No, you don't. Run unless God's called you. Well, I wish I could do that. No, you don't. Not unless God's called you. If God's called you, then you can do anything. Parents have failed me. Preachers have failed me. Ready to get their excuses validated. Only finding that the conductor's going to laugh at them because excuses aren't reasons. The Bible says, the Bible says you are without excuse. How do you know? Because there is a creator that has created heaven and the earth and before him you will be judged and before him and him alone. No one's going to stand with you. You will stand alone at judgment. Get on board. You're facing eternity on hell's midnight train. All aboard for hell. Got to stop. Got to get some more brimstone. Got to stop. Got to load some more carnality. This train is growing longer. More cars getting added. 
There's adultery here and fornication there and sexual uncleanness here. And then the car filled with those that are filthy in their minds. And another car filled with those that are filthy speaking people. Another car for the jealous and the envious. Another car for the false friends and the hypocrites. Then the gossipers and the rumor chasers. They're always running after the next rumor. Hell bound you are. I said, you're on your road to hell and you're going to be lost forever because you don't have enough sense to know that chasing after everybody else's fault does not excuse your own fault. And exposing everybody else's sin doesn't make your sin right. If you're a sinner, you're a sinner and you need the blood of Jesus to wash you. Quit blaming the church for your bitterness. Quit blaming the church for everything and find out that what Jesus did on Calvary can cover it all. There is nothing you cannot be redeemed from. Next stop, Witchcraft Alley. Some people deceived waiting on this dark Station. You got Wicca and black magic and astrology and tea leaves and crystal balls and tarot cards and fearful, superstitious people and wicked, dark philosophies and heady thinking. You got emerging churches and you got new thoughts and new ideas and I'm enlightened and you, you don't have any light. Your light is darkness paganism and Gnostic ideas and people worshiping false gods are found here, worshiping idols that they've made with their own minds and their own hands. People doing what they want to do are here. People not taking God's no for an answer. They say, I'm going to have what I want to have. Ain't nobody going to stop me. And I'm not going to. I don't believe anybody can stop you. But one day that train is going to come to an end. The conductor likes this right up his alley. Rebellion is as the sin of witchcraft. Oh, I'm, I'm not involved in witchcraft, but you're in rebellion. Preacher says one thing and you say something else. I'm not doing that. I, uh, that, re, that spirit of rebellion, I just, I'd at least present it to the Lord first before I just shoot my mouth off. I at least go to Jesus with it and just say, okay, God, is this what you need me to do? Come on, rebels, all aboard. You're facing eternity on hell's midnight train. Next stop, pleasure station. All those pleasure seekers coming on board, everyone living at ease in Zion, this is your station. Get on board. Everyone who's feeding on the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eye, there's room for you on this platform. All the pleasure-seeking, thrill-chasing folks, all enamored with the world, all those interested in partying, all who seek castles and heaven on this earth, lascivious, skirt-chasers, men-chasers, they're on board this train and and headed in the wrong direction. But what about this, this junction? What about pride junction where people are just walking in pride and arrogance and defiance of every ounce of authority? Oh, they're climbing up that hill thinking that I've, I've a champion to cause. I've told everybody that's any authority in my life. You don't know what 
what you're talking about. I know better than you do. And they've cut this one down and they've cut that one down until there's no authority left that can speak into your life. But the, on the other side of pride is destruction. We've, we quit preaching about that. We started preaching about stuff and we quit preaching about people's pride and the haughty spirit and the free for all and I'm gonna do it my way and I've got a better way and I don't have to hear what the preacher's gotta say and I don't have to listen to anything that he says. But I'm gonna tell you right now, it don't make any difference whether you're rich or poor. It don't make any difference whether you're the haves or the have-nots. If you're lined up in the spirit of pride and I've seen poor people with more pride than rich people and I've seen rich people with so much pride that God couldn't move them no matter what he did. And unless it's in the who's who's list of preachers, they can't listen to him anyway. And that's only going to be every once in a while. And if they would preach it like this, then I'd really be committed. You're lying to yourself. Because I know all those preachers and I preach in their churches and they got people just the same way. And when I come to their church, they say, oh yeah, Brian Kinsey, he's up there preaching. And it's all nonsense. You know who you need to serve. You don't need to serve your last idol and hero. You need to serve Jesus. There's stubbornness on this, on this train, arrogance on this train. It's time that we get humble before God. The kind of people who like to, they want good church and they want proper church, but they don't want a slobbering down. I'm going to tell you, we're reaching a time in America, somebody better start crying out. You need to be at call to war. You need to be praying because your eternity and your future is going to be set on Tuesday. And you better know that my God, he's got everything under control, but he might put us in a time of persecution. If that is the case, then we just have to accept it. But I don't, I don't care what persecution comes against the church. I'm committed to worship. I'm committed to be a child of God. If they put me in jail for preaching the truth, I'll have to go to jail because I'm going to preach this truth and I'm going to declare it. There's only one God and his name is Jesus. And I don't buy in to the one world message. I want you to be saved. I want you to repent. I want you to get right with God. This train on its way to hell is a real, true experience. Hell's not a joke. It's not a gimmick. It's not an idea to scare kids into obeying their parents. It's true real. And yes, you can be lost in the house. You can be lost as a Pentecostal saying, looking the part and totally on the wrong train. But thank God 
Thank God. Wait. Wait. What's that up ahead that I see? A lantern swings in the distance. Somebody is standing in the middle of the tracks. The train is slowing down. The man is holding the lantern in one hand. What's that? He's got some keys in his hand. The keys of death and hell. It's midnight. The conductor's boss has shown up. I know what's happened. Somebody's been praying. Some mama's been praying for their baby to be saved. Somebody's been crying out for souls to be saved in this hour. They don't mind coming to church a little longer. They don't mind stretching it just a little bit. Well, I've just got so much on me, Brother Kinsey. I'm just so sorry. And souls are going to hell, but we don't care. Mm. But somebody cries out, God, not yet. Give them one more chance. Let them hear the gospel one more time. And up ahead, I see another train. It's not a train pulling the works of the flesh. It's a train pointed in the opposite direction. Oh, that's the fruit of the Spirit bunch. That's the bunch that even though they're not perfect, God's still working on them and the voice is still speaking in their life. It's heaven's 11th hour train. It's made its final stop. It's picking up passengers at the very gates of hell. It's pulling them from the fire because somebody was praying and somebody was concerned. And the one with the lantern waves his keys toward hell's midnight train. And the locked doors fly open and I hear a still small voice say, It's not too late. It's not too late. It's not too late. I promise you, it's not too late. You know why there's a disturbance? Because I'm, I'm messing with hell right now. You, you want to know why there are disturbances? Is because I'm messing with hell right now. And the devil knows I've got your attention at least. I may not have much more than that, but I do. In spite of what you want, I've got your attention. So when you do face judgment, your blood will not be on these hands. Because I read it today. In my devotion, if I warn you and you don't take the warning, then you die lost, but I go to heaven. But if I don't warn you and you're lost, then your blood is on my hand. But I tell you right now, I'm going to preach this message and I'm going to declare this word. I hear the voice of the one with the light. He says, come unto me, all ye that are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. I'll give you rest. I'll save you. I'll deliver you. Have you made your reservation on the right train? That's the key. See, I'd be, I'd be searching my heart. 
I'd be seeking God. I'd be saying, God, whatever you want me to do. You know, when I, I was growing up, we would go to general conferences or all the, they would preach. Conviction would fall in that place. We would be on our face on the floor praying, whatever you want me to do, it'll make, I'll do whatever. And then when God gives you something to do you don't want to do, then you <laughs> put up with all kinds of craziness. And Yeah. Then when you have to do that, then you say, God used me. And then when he uses you, you say, I feel used. Uh, that's what you asked for. Everybody using me. Poor darling. We don't even know what it's like. We have no concept of what difficulty and adversity is. You heard from a missionary a few Wednesday nights ago that stirred everybody in this room that was here. I mean, we didn't even, we didn't even record it. We have it nowhere because he ministers in a place where the Taliban and all of that is there, Al-Qaeda's there, and they will kill you and make no bones about it. They'll film it right in front of your kids while they chop your head off. They don't care. They'll chop your kids off, heads off, right there in front of you. They'll, they'll, they'll do whatever to try to. I'm so glad I don't have to threaten people like that. But there is an eternity. And I know all of you sophisticated professional Pentecostals don't believe in eternity anymore. You just think everybody's going to go to heaven or whatever. I, I don't know. But there, yes, there is a heaven. But there is a hell. I said there is a heaven. And there is a hell. And all I want, this is all I want. I, I don't want to threaten you. I don't want to hurt you. I just don't want you to go. Is it all right to preach to you that I don't want you to go? Church, I got to preach it whether you give me permission, but will you give me your permission to preach it so I don't let you go to hell without a fight? All aboard the gospel train. This train, First Pentecostal train, is bound for glory. We're going to baptize people in Jesus' name. We're going to live the fruit of the Spirit. We're going to keep working on ourselves till we get rid of the works of the flesh. Got to get rid of the works of the flesh. And the good thing about it is, even Pentecostals still have flesh hanging on their bones. How many of you will admit you have flesh hanging on your bones and you found out this past week just how much you had? You thought you had it conquered and you thought God had delivered you and all of a sudden, how many, come on, just lift your hand, said last week, oh my God, repent! Quit trying to make excuses. Quit trying to say, well, everybody's doing it. Everybody ain't doing it. Everybody's not doing it. You know, we're, we're, you can stand. You know, we're, we're really good about generalizing everything. 
those preachers, like it's everybody. All those, like it's everybody. And it's really not. It's like Elijah, who thought he was the only one, and God had to remind him, I got 7,000 others that have not bowed their knee to Baal. I got people. I got people. You tend to what I tell you to do, and then I'll tend to the other 7,000. <laughs> I'll take care of the other 7,000. Elijah, you just do your assignment. If you don't know how to cry out to God, it's time Pentecostals learn how to do that again. There needs to be a cry go forth. Now, and I'm not just simply saying this for you as an individual that you need to get something out of your life. You probably do, but if you, that's not what I'm asking you to do. I'm asking you to seek God for all the souls in Pensacola that are going to go to hell if we don't become a witness in their life somehow. We need a church that's on fire in this, in this generation. We need somebody that knows how to witness to people, that knows how to talk to people about Jesus. You can't save them, but at least you can talk about it. Amen. God is able to do exceedingly, abundantly, Above all that you can ask or think. Now here's what I want you to do right now. I want you, everybody in this house, I want you to cry out in the spirit of repentance. God, I'm a sinner. Help me. Help me. I want to do what's right. I, 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 I'm not perfect, Lord. I know. But I want to do what's right. God will help you. You hear me. God will help you do what's right. I want you to lift up your voice. I want you to cry out to the king. Come on, come on. I want to cry. Father, forgive me. I repent before you in dust and in ashes. Go ahead. Praise him. Go on. Cry out. Declare it. God, I want to be right. I got to make heaven. I don't care what I got to do. I got to make heaven. I don't care how I do it. I got to make heaven. I want to hear a real cry come up out of the hearts of God's people who want to be right with God in this hour. We hope you enjoyed this message. Please reach out to us if you have any questions. We can be found at firstpent.org. That's F I R S T. P-E-N-T dot org. 
If you're ever in Pensacola, Florida, we hope you visit us. Be blessed in Jesus' name.